Remote work has long moved beyond simply being a trend or a lifestyle. It's a natural evolution in the way we work and collaborate, a complete and vital redesign with profound positive impact for businesses, teams and society as a whole. With it comes a work culture revolution that requires putting freedom, trust and conscious behaviour at the core of every business who wants to thrive. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and I'm a serial entrepreneur, investor, and expert in growing happy, high-performing remote teams. Since 2014, I've been running all my businesses remotely, and that has deeply changed who I am as a leader. I've gone from micromanaging an unhappy team, suffering high turnover and working long hours, to moving to the US, traveling roughly six months a year, and loving the shit out of my team and being constantly amazed as to what we're achieving. Join me as I dive into conversations about remote work magic, conscious culture, and the future of work with some of the most inspiring founders and leaders in the remote work space. Insights, tips, success, and failure, innovation, we share it all. Let's dive in. On this episode of Conscious Culture, I have my friend Ben Leonard, who's the founder of a conscious dating app called Paired. I've met him recently and just was blown away by his passion and enthusiasm. And I'm sure you will experience that energy as you listen. Um, You know, we have such a great conversation today all about the way our use of the internet and these platforms like dating platforms and in my space, remote work is evolving to become a more conscious experience, a more heart-led experience, a more... I don't know, an experience that is more expansive for people um, versus some of the downsides that have come with social media and internet. Amazing conversation. We get into a little bit at the end around how it is to build a team when you are doing something that is good for people, good for the planet, and you're so passionate as a founder and how you attract that in. So hang around for that part. But yeah, Ben, I'm sure you'll agree with me. Ben is just an excellent conversationalist and super passionate about what he's doing. And I am really right behind what he's building with Pear. And I'm excited to see where it goes. And it's already got a pretty great start. So yeah, onwards. All right, Ben, thank you for coming on the show. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm super excited about what you're building with um, Paired, the conscious dating app that you've been working on for some time. So yeah, it was great to meet you through our mutual friend, Eddie, um, recently. And yeah, I mean, I'm super interested in what you're building potentially as an investor, which is how we got introduced, but I'd love to... Um, have a conversation with you today about what you're building and why you're building it. Um, and I know I only did the online dating thing for actually like a couple of weeks um, because <laughs> I was like in two back-to-back relationships up until I was 35. So I kind of missed the whole wave of like online dating and everything. And um, after, yeah, a couple of years after my marriage, my last marriage ended, I spent some time you know, taking time for myself and all of that. And then eventually I was like, all right, I'm going to try these dating apps out. And I only lasted a couple of weeks because I was like, it's so superficial. And I couldn't get, um, it was like so obvious to me how much it was just swiping on photos of just how people look. And I know that people do make amazing connections and let's face it, that's how, you know, we end up meeting a lot of people these days. So I'm not against the fact that it's online, but the way a lot of the apps are set up and the way that they're kind of gamified um, to get those endorphins and 
I don't know. It was a whole world that I explored for a hot second and then kind of was like, yeah, it's not really for me. So anyhow, you are building something that's going to change all of that or is already changing all of that. So tell us a little bit about the app that you're building and, or have built, I should say, but the app that you're bringing to the world and um, also just where the idea came from and why you're passionate about it. Well, uh, very similar to where I believe your path uh, started is that I identified a problem that I I couldn't find an answer to. And it was in my own life. And I just felt that uh, there had to be a better way because I was actually experiencing very similar, uh, I guess, results that you felt uh, when you jumped in, to, even in a short time frame. I was, and I'm okay to admit this, uh, after my last relationship, I almost became a serial dating app user because I didn't really know what the other methods were. I, I'd gotten to a point where I wasn't maybe out in as many social environments. And I guess I turned towards dating apps, thinking that it would be a place that I could uh, connect well. And I, I, I really found inefficiencies with the process. I found that uh, they were almost designed to bring me back to the, the application and didn't really offer a result, or at least a positive result. And I found myself, if I had a few extra tools inside of the experience that was already built, that I might uh, have been able to make a decision in advance to getting to a first date as to whether or not it should have happened in the first place. Mm -hmm. So through conversation and, and just asking people about what their experiences were, uh, we identified, or I, I, out of the gates at least, I identified a, uh, a need for something, which was a place uh, that was more authentic, more of a real replication of an interaction that might take place between two people. And we started building a uh, really a hypothesis around the idea that uh, social, in our opinion, social media is in its infancy, uh, you know, as a, as a species on the globe, on the planet. And we felt that dating apps were almost, uh, uh, you know, almost um, multiplied like infinitely because it's a place where uh, when you're looking for love, it's such a sacred uh, part of our, our being that, you know, it was also a place where things could go, uh, you know, maybe wrong or in the wrong direction. So um, after building this hypothesis, we, we, we really got down to designing a, uh, I guess, uh, proving out the hypothesis and making sure that we weren't, it wasn't just a personal opinion. Actually, uh, we ended up focus group testing uh, through a number of people through the Toronto area just to make sure we were on the right path. And at the end of the day, this is where we, we got to. We, we identified that we believe that the three-dimensional experience that human beings have evolved over generations and thousands of years has been completely reduced to a two-dimensional flat experience. And because it's become a two-dimensional experience, our brains have been rewired to act differently uh, than they might in the real world. And what we want to do is solve some of the negative behaviors, the toxicity, mm -hmm. the feeling of being empty, and very much to what you experience, Sarah, that you, you have these people coming on uh, with a hope and a, uh, a vision of finding love. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen. There are obviously a lot of people that are uh, you know, meeting their partners uh, on this online space. We just have found a very serious trend that people are not treating each other the right way. And mm. we designed a platform around uh, fixing what's broken in the space. So it has been, I mean, it has far surpassed my expectation of, uh, of the, the, where we started from and you know, where it is today. It's been an incredible experience and you know, very much tied into uh, you know, what you're doing with uh, all of your uh, team developments. We are, we are so blessed to have the team that we have. Uh, our team has 
you know, from the get-go, I, I tried to always find people that maybe slightly, you know, put me back in my place and didn't just buy into the concept right away and were willing to go and look at the industry as a whole and come up with their own conclusion and then show me they were willing to jump in. And the second that, uh, you know, I found those, those parts of our, or those pieces of our, our team, I mean, the application has really uh, taken on its own, uh, taken on its own personality and it's become something pretty incredible. So very proud. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. And I mean, so I guess the way that your position in the market is like a a more conscious dating app. So for people who are genuinely looking for connection and to find a partner, you know, of some description, obviously everybody has different ideas of what a partner looks like, but to genuinely do that versus, and I think, I think it's okay. It's not, bad thing that there are different apps for different purposes. And like I got laid a bunch of times from dating apps. It was great. You know, yeah, I'm not gonna I, I, I'm not gonna say I didn't, but really when I was looking for sacred union and the love that I have now in my life, you know, it's not to say I couldn't have found it on an app, but there was a lot that I needed to get through that I would have needed to get through um to find that. And and so it happens in my life. I ended up meeting Joe, my husband now in person. However, um and my experience on the dating apps, it was only, you know, I think it was, you know, maybe six weeks or something. I don't know. It wasn't very long. Um, but I met some great friends. Like there are some people that I stayed in touch with and all of that. And, and most of the people that I actually met, I think I went on four or five like actual dates. Um, you know, they were great people, really nice. It was actually all the other stuff that happened in between and around that was the problem. Like once I got into conversation with someone and decided to go and meet them, like, you know, nine times out of 10, that was great. It was the people that would find me then on other social media platforms who I hadn't matched with, who would start, you know, aggressively sending things and saying things to me. It was people that would just be dropping comments, you know, maybe even if I had matched with them or whatever, that were just like, not really appropriate or whatever. And like, I'm, you know, very open, very um, free to explore different options, but you can still do that with respect. You know, you can still have a one night stand with respect. You can still do a lot of things respectfully. And I found that, you know, there was a lot of not that happening. (laughs) Um, And I I don't know, as a woman, if it's different to, for men, I'm I'm not even sure. I'm sure it's a bit of both for everybody, but I love the idea that you guys are positioning yourself as something that's, you know, um, a more conscious way to enter into any kind of partnership or connection with somebody. Well, I, I think one thing that you just said, uh, you hit the, the, uh, the nail on the head there, and that's that things can be done with respect. Um, we are firm believers that love can exist in a number of different, uh, different ways, and it, there's different perspectives on what someone might be looking for. But our application is designed to fix some of the negative behaviors inside of anyone's journey on what they're looking for. We don't want to suggest that we know what they're looking for, but we just wanted to create an actual flow that would help to eliminate some of the things that they might experience um, on that journey. And, you know, I I look at some of the solutions that have become marketing campaigns in the space and, you know, they they don't necessarily solve the problem. They put a bandaid over it temporarily. Mm -hmm. And our goal is to actually fix some of those things that you you mentioned, Um, receiving inappropriate content, having someone be aggressive, um, I'm, I'm fortunate uh, that, you know, I feel like I'm part of the generation that if I wanted to break up with someone, I used to sit across the table from them and say, Hey, here are the reasons yeah. why you're working for me. And like, 
fast forward and, and say that, you know, people break up on text now and then some people don't even, you know, or just disappear or disappear. those kind of things. Yeah. My mind. That, that's a simple example of, you know, really what, uh, what shouldn't be taking place, but is because if you, if you go back, even this is going to kind of go off on a bit of a, a run here, but if you go back, you know, when we were uh, in the courtship phase a thousand years ago, you, your, your pool of people that you might have access to was two towns that way and two towns that way. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you were matched with the people that might be a, a reasonable fit for various reasons. And, you hope that it worked out. You know, then you go into where you had uh, even like a wire service or a telephone service. It maybe or, or trains or whatever else. It expanded your your pool somewhat. Well, now the velocity at which our pool of people exists, uh, or like the size of the pool that exists now around the globe, it, it hasn't, in our opinion, yet been harnessed towards the positive. It's been pushed towards velocity, inauthenticity. And, and, you know, always wondering what the next thing looks like versus being focused on what's in front of you. And mm. yeah, we just, you know, it, I, I believe that there is uh, someone when they, when they, the way that they explained the, their perspective of our, of our application, they said that they felt that social media was in its infancy. And we, we recognize that. We think that there is a way to really harness the power of how connected we all are as a like, remotely, you know, we can connect with people and, and really try and find ways that uh, uh, towards the positive. And mm. right now we feel like our brains haven't caught up with how fast we had to catch up with the, the, the speed of the smartphone. And in that lies the opportunity. We, we feel mm. like there's a way to rewire the way that our brains interact with smartphones and maybe get people away from just recognizing a flat two-dimensional picture towards it actually being a human being. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think you mentioned to me prior to the recording that one of the ways that you are doing this is through video, right? And that so you're having video calls, but that it can't be like a video that was uploaded prior. Or do you want to explain that a little bit? Because I'm connecting some dots right now on that to do with remote work that I wouldn't mind going into. But yeah, could you just explain that part of the solution and how that kind of tackles the the whole like this is like uh, what are they catfishing is that what they call it where it's like exactly yeah yeah it. like it's not a real person or whatever like I mean that you, I, you kind of I saw that happening I've seen it happen to friends like it's um and I think that's one of the dark sides of social media and this it, generation of um technology that we exist is this whole hiding behind a screen type of thing and trolling or catfishing or whatever you want to call it where people are just doing things to other people from a persona that's not them and also treating these other people as though they're not real people. Um, so yeah, talk us through that part of the solution. And then I want to connect some dots that I just, <laughs> just came up with. So it, it actually, it, it's, it's a very sad part of the social media experiment that's taking place so far that you tend to see the best of someone's life. They don't post the things that are their most sad moments, their things that are their negatives, because they try and put things out. And it's understandable. And I'm not putting down the psychology behind that. I'm myself, I'm guilty of it. I put the best pictures of my kids up or my best pictures of, you know, whatever I'm doing, because it's part of how I want, you know, people to see the, the, the things that might, you know, get offer me acceptance from my fellow human beings. So I'm not saying that I, I don't understand it, but I, and I also can say when I was in the dating app world that I, uh, 
And when I was using these applications, I always put my best 10 pictures up and typically <laughs> 10 years ago on a beach where I had, you know, a, a tan and I like, you know, salt, so care, whatever you want to call it. Those were my, my best moments. And so I was projecting something that I, I wasn't necessarily at that moment in time. And again, it's not that I don't understand why I was doing it, but now I recognize the value in being proud of who I am at this moment. And what we want to push people towards doing is that as part of our profile creation, we are forcing, and I hate using that word, but they cannot create a profile unless it is done with the front-facing camera of their smartphone so that we can broadcast to the world that this is without question this person's most recent version of themselves. Mm-hmm. And we, we would like to try and, and get things back on track by having people be proud of that because it all ties into the psychology again of putting the best version of themselves out. And we understand that, but that doesn't necessarily apply because if you're looking for a result in dating, you, we want people to be proud of who they are and, and find somebody that loves them for who they are, not something that they were. And I I think that, uh, that's a, an enormous, um, position of strength when, when we are going to push people to do something that's maybe uncomfortable. We know that it's, it's, uh, it's something that is, uh, you know, it's going to take some time for people to get going, but when they're willing to offer that part of themselves and they can guarantee that the other people at the other end of the the interaction are doing the same, it's going to push people towards experiences that are way more authentic, way more real and have a better chance at actually uh, succeeding in the end. Because that in fact is what a dating app is supposed to do. It's supposed to bring people that are attracted to one another together and push them towards a future if they're meant to be together. Right. So, yeah. And what, what strikes me is you've created a piece of technology that, um, in a way, I'm thinking about this on my own experience. So even in my real life dating, okay, wait. So what I'm saying is you've created a piece of technology that mimics like my rise in self-awareness and consciousness and what I was trying to create in my life. So then if I go back a step thinking about dating in the real world and what I, you know, how I showed up as I was younger and moving through that journey, um, you know, I used to know how to be a certain way so that I could make somebody be attracted to me, essentially. Like this is even in the real world, not in my photos, but like how I would show up on a date, how I would show up when anyone was getting to know me, not just men, but friends. Like I could, I have an air of confidence about me and that is very much a part of who I am, but there's a lot of other parts of me as well. You know, like sometimes I have insecurities, sometimes I'm emotional, I'm highly sensitive. Like there's a whole lot to me but obviously before I was so integrated and so um, able to love every part of myself, the parts of myself that I would put forward were only the shiny parts, particularly early on in any of the relationships that I was forming in my life. And then what became painful for me was as these relationships, friendships, whatever would progress and people would start to see more of the parts of me, it was almost like I could feel them kind of looking at me and experiencing me like, oh, this is not who I thought you were, or this is not how I thought you were. And I had to understand that that was, you know, my own journey to self-love and self-acceptance. And once I came to that place of truly accepting myself, when I did start dating again last year, it was particularly dating, but even with friends, um, it was like, I want to show all the stuff up front. Like here's like the first date or the first interaction, like here's the good, the bad and the ugly, because, you know, I don't want us to get down the track and for you to just be like, Oh, you're not like 
always the confident, bubbly entrepreneur crushing Sarah, or you're not this, or you're not that. Like I needed to show up as everything that I was. And I think that's sort of the journey that you described of like, of course we, you know, you first think I want to put the really great photos of me, but God, I don't want to sit across from someone's face at dinner that <laughs> watching their face fall as they're like, you are not as tall as I thought, or you're not as tan as I thought, or you don't look the way you looked 10 years ago. And you're like, I mean, that's, that's not a nice feeling to be on the other end of either. And we do it no. to ourselves. <laughs> you absolutely, uh, that, that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly what, what, what I was trying to get across is that the power behind what you just explained where when you finally were willing to put those parts that you previously maybe didn't put out there and you put it out from a place of confidence, I look at that as being in the position of strength once and for all. And let's, I mean, we're, we're trying to get people towards finding their partner. Mm. It requires an, a level of honesty that, uh, you know, right now the platforms that are out there are more built around velocity, volume, um, you know, a way to bring people back to the screen. I do very much respect, uh, you know, a few of the applications that are out there. And I, I tend to focus on what we're doing versus what others aren't. Uh, it's always kind of been my my belief is focused on our own path. But mm-hmm. um, I do believe that the industry has pushed people towards uh, thinking that a, a larger pool might is going to mean like a better outcome because you have more to choose from. And until you're ready to be yourself, it doesn't matter the size of the pool. Until you're ready to be comfortable in your own skin and, and be proud of who you are and love the every element of you. I mean, there's always going to be things you're going to want to work on. But when you're ready to be honest with yourself, I think that's when, when real relationships can start. And, you know, going back to where we started... Our application wasn't built to eliminate, you know, what people might be looking for. Some people might be looking for a forever thing. Other people might be looking for short term. We haven't written the application to be, you know, exclude any element of that. We've just done everything we've done in a way to push people towards, you know, better interactions, more authentic uh, situations and more, like I said, a replication of uh, real world dating because that is what the the point is, right? Yeah. And I think there's, absolutely room and what we're probably seeing now in the in the more recent years is kind of niching within this category um where you know the the apps that just capture the masses of the numbers and it doesn't really matter the quality of what's happening you know they're the things that we started with and now it's like okay where's the app where I'm going to get what I want right now what suits me in this moment um I remember for example uh, I was exploring non-monogamy and open relationship. And so that was something I wanted to put forward on my profile so that, you know, people knew what they were getting into before we went even on a date. Um, and there was a time where I was seeing, I had a partner. Um, and so, you know, once again, I, I needed people to know that when we sat down, I was also going to talk about this other partner I had. I didn't want them to get the wrong idea. And, you know, that became challenging as well. Um, and then there were certain apps that were, more aligned with that, but then they weren't quite what I needed or wanted. But anyhow, just using the apps with more intention and consciousness to ensure that I was communicating the right thing, but I can see how these niches within this bigger category are going to start emerging and have a lot of success because, yeah, it it sort of reminds me of um, 
like hotel booking even, you know, there's the big websites like TripAdvisor and Trivago or whatever they're called where you can book, you've got millions of search results. But like personally, when I travel, I'm looking for a really nice boutique hotel that has co-living. So I'm like, if that, you know, if I can just book on an app that only shows me that, um, that's what I want to see. I want to see the 10 options in the city that are that versus the 250 options that exist in the city. It's not necessarily more is better. It's what do I want and what do I, what am I looking for? So that, that's actually something that is, uh, it, it is becoming pretty much a, the slow version of everything is almost uh, showing itself in every industry. The slow version of dating or, or slow dating is really becoming a thing now. And part of how we're supporting that is that instead of allowing somebody to thumb through the 250, to tie into your example, the 250 options, as part of our, our, our pairing screen, we're actually getting folks to need to watch seven or eight seconds of someone else's profile so that they actually can build a, 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 I guess, an opinion more so than just looks. They get to hear voice, intonation, uh, gestures, and obviously even body language, uh, their enthusiasm, excitement, maybe to your point that you mentioned, some of their insecurities if they feel like sharing them. Not that that's all going to come in the first seven, eight seconds, but we're trying to get people away from the fastest option being the best option. We're pushing them towards, okay, let's slow down and let's see if something else jumps up off of that flat two-dimensional uh, interaction that I actually am attracted to and I want to give this a shot. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it, uh, very much uh, the boutique concept is uh, applied here, but I, I would want to note that inside of all of these niche applications that are popping up inside of the dating space, the psychology we believe still exists inside of each of them. So we are, we are really going after the psychology of human beings in, in every corner of the, the world. And these niches can certainly exist inside of the, the, the application. Um, but uh, we, we want to, we, we just want to tackle the psychology that is, uh, we believe, uh, you know, grown from uh, some of these negative uh, aspects of, of, of the smartphone interaction. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. I love what you're doing and I love this this part of the technology that you've built with the camera and the front-facing camera and video and everything like that to kind of, I think there's even an element of like, if you're going to show up and be bothered to do that, then that already says something. Um, and this brings me back to what the dots that I was connecting earlier went down a rabbit hole before coming back to that one. But um, in the remote workspace, um, which is the space that we're in, you know, it's been a really interesting like 10 years, I guess, that that sector has really taken off. Um, and obviously this year it's like a whole another, it's like it's a huge. rocket ship, right? Your time. What happened? Forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what happened the previous 10 years that we were already kind of observing and seeing and looking at ways to solve and resolve is um, similar to social media where it's like hiding behind a screen. Um, there's a lot of people that would, a lot of situations where people would be working, but they there would be a lot of things going on that weren't quite right. So maybe they were taking on more than one job, but never like actually meeting the company that they worked for on video and things like that. So they would be, this is like the very kind of outsourcey type model yeah. where, and, and I'll come to what I, where I think the issues are with that and where the companies themselves 
perpetuated. It's not all on the remote workers. Um, situations where someone would take a job and then they would hire other people to do the work. So they'd be taking a cut. Um, like yeah. I've seen all sorts of things over the years <laughs> that were as a result of being able to hide behind a screen. screen. Um, and so one of the ways that we combat it and are combating it in our platform, Gromotely, but we've, we've always been doing with Grow My Team is like videos and having video interviews and really taking our time with this process of getting to know someone and putting them in front of people and having those people get to know them. And also working with clients to ensure that they are investing in their team members that happen to be remote and in other parts of the world just as much as they would if they were in the office um, and making sure they get on camera um, on Zoom, you know, or whatever they're using, Google Hangouts, but actually use the camera and talk with them and involve them, especially going back a couple of years where a lot of companies would have like a hybrid team where some of the team was in the office and some of the team might have been international or what have you. Um, not just leaving them off to the side and like giving them work and treating them like a robot. It was almost, it was happening on both sides. Like if a company treats their team members like a robot at the end of the computer screen, then you're going to get a robot, robot show up and, <laughs> and probably do something dodgy, like hire other people to do the work or whatever. So it's just been interesting to watch that in the remote workspace and look at ways to combat that. And I mean, our belief and what we're, all about is culture and investing in team and investing in their development, their engagement, their passion and enthusiasm, which comes down to alignment. Like, are they actually aligned? So it's just, you know, it's a very much a bespoke recruitment piece that everybody needs to build for their own companies of like, how do we engage with people and taking that to this new world of online where we're all working online, we're all meeting each other online. And thankfully now with what's happened this year, getting on Zoom, I hear all this is like Zoom fatigue, whatever, like, okay, I'm sure people are having some fatigue from it, but ultimately it's wonderful that we've actually come to a place where we're super comfortable with having these meetings with the cameras on, with getting to know each other. You and I have met only on Zoom yeah, that's it. a number of times now. And I feel like I know you and it's great. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it'll be really nice to spend time with you in person at some point, but it also doesn't matter too much. Like it's, it's pretty great. So it's just, it's just interesting to see how the internet generally, social media generally, the ability to interact online, the dark side of it has been this kind of hiding behind um, that I think we're coming to an evolution in the way that we interact with it and finding ways to, you know, not hide behind ourselves and also not be scammed by someone hiding behind. Um, of course. Because, yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like you, you, uh, what you're describing is that you've slowed the process and you, you know, you're interacting with people, uh, you know, in your, in your business environment to make sure that they are the right fit and getting people to be more comfortable with who they are, you know, to make sure that they're the right fit for the job. And that's one thing that, uh, you know, you, you, you look at 2020, it was certainly, uh, certainly an unbelievable year around the globe, but the positives that have come from it is that it did push us towards recognizing that there is a way to do this online and a way to connect with people and a way to stay connected and still get that social interaction that we need in those, those layers of the three-dimensional that are so important as part of uh, social beings, really. Mm -hmm. And, you know, directly tied to, um, to what you're doing. I mean, it, it was, a, like I said before, it was perfect timing because yeah. you had this model of pushing people towards um, you know, the right fit for the job 
And by spending time with them online and getting those social, those, uh, those cues like body language. And uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, I use my hands a lot when I talk, it's just how I am. But, uh, and you can see that right now. Yeah. That it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's part of my personality. I get pretty excited about it. So um, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's an awakening. Um, I think there is like a conscious online awakening that, I mean, even, you know, some of the documentaries that are flying out there right now that have identified how, you know, where some of these you know, major corporations have pushed us into this yeah. speed and clicks and likes and everything else. I think 2020 gave us a chance to really slow things down and redefine how we interact with each other in an online world, because, you know, the, the reality is it is an online world. Yeah, like we have been interacting with each other online for yeah. a long time now. Yeah. Um, we just maybe this year gave us a lot more awareness around those interactions and a lot more um, maybe just focus on it, like you, like you're exactly what you're explaining. Like we've focused on it more. We've had to because we have to be online more now. And so it's like, okay, well, how do I um, raise my way of being with people yeah. online? How do I be a better human and have better interactions. And I, I mean, I've heard it over and over again this year that the blessing that's come out of a lot of it is taking yourself out of this physical community that you were just plugged into because of where you lived and where you commuted and where you got your coffee every day and where you did this and where you did that in terms of physical proximity. We took ourselves out of that, which really many of us probably saw that a lot of the people we're interacting with on a daily basis were not necessarily in our highest alignment. No. And then all of a sudden we start seeking out these communities and these places online. And I've heard from so many people that the connection they have and the community they feel in many ways is so much more aligned and so much greater than it was prior. Obviously the other side is, you know, the lack of community of being for particularly for places where, you know, my hometown in Melbourne, Australia, they were in locked in their homes for eight months. Like I'm not saying that didn't suck. Yeah. Um, but taking that part out of the equation and especially as the world's sort of like half, 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 whatever we are right now, <clears throat> people are really see, have really sought out and found these resonant communities online, which is so beautiful and such a gift. And the fact that we have been connecting online since 2007, probably when Facebook launched or whatever year you want to put on it. I mean, it's been a long time now, um, but now we're really using that space for deep, conscious, aligned community connections. So I I would actually, you know, it's something that uh, just, you know, as an extension of what you're saying, I believe with how we've sought those alignments in this online world, I am very keen to see how we redeploy our physical interaction when this is all behind us, because I think this is now this, like, this is how the world will interact. And that's where what you're doing is so relevant. And what I'm trying to do is so relevant that the, the, the paradigm shifted. I don't think it's going to completely shift back. This is now how we interact and it's so much more effective, efficient. And like you said, the day-to-day, the people that I, not that I was being genuine with my interactions, but now I carve out the time for the people that I'm most aligned with and are on the same paths as I am. And even just as, as a blessing of 2020, I hate to even admit it, but I was pushed towards, um, and it's not that I didn't want it, but we, we had no choice. We were locked in our homes and everything slowed down. I got to play with my kids this year. 
I got to be, you know, at their eye level on the ground playing with them. And I can't believe that I was so caught up in so many things that were out there that I was missing some of those items because in retrospect, if the world had just continued daycare and regular school would have been happening. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not enthusiastic for them to get back to that so that they can get their own social things going. But what a blessing that is to have Such been put and, and yeah, I've been made to remember what's the most important. And like you said, on, in this online world, because we're being pushed towards uh, this, these, this isolation physically, we seek each other, we seek the people out that we are looking to interact with now that have similar thoughts and visions and beliefs and everything else. And it, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's completely redefined the way that we interact with the online. So it is such a yeah. gift. Like the biggest gift for me this year was understanding that at a much deeper level, like having that period of isolation, I now learned, I learned during that period to understand energy and how it works and how it feels in my body to a degree that I had never understood before. I'd always been dealing with it and trying to manage it. And, you know, the label of being very sensitive, very emotional was always on me. And I can understand why now, because I am sensitive to that energy. But in the world pre-2020, it was like, I mean, every single day, it was just a bombardment of energy. It was rush, 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 and it was just whatever. And what I saw when I stayed in isolation with Joe, my husband, um, for whatever it was, I think we went about two months before we really saw anybody else. And during that period, there was a few interactions at the grocery store maybe or whatever, and I could feel that. And then when the first interaction was um, four of our best friends came and stayed with us in Colorado from Utah. So they'd been quarantining together and we'd been quarantining together and they came. And it was so incredibly overwhelming. Like I love those people. They live five doors down now, all of them. Yeah. And we're like keeping the keeping the quarantine vibes alive <laughs> on our street. We yeah. all ended up moving to Austin in the same street. But, but yeah. yeah, when we were in Colorado, they came down from Utah and it was so intense to have like, it was actually five new energies because they brought another friend in the house and like I could just feel my body and my system and I was like holy shit I was dealing with this like all day every day in Absolutely. my life without actually understanding that that is what it is like you and I right now have an energy connection that we've created between our conversation if one other person walks in the dynamic will slightly shift as their energy is and then if you leave the dynamic shifts again slightly you know and that's and then when we're alone we're in our own energy and it's like it's constantly shifting all day um but I didn't realize how visceral that was until I really got to sit with myself and my own energy and then feel the impacts of the flows and flow in and flow out and that the gift in that has been to understand what alignment means and to really understand how that feels in my body. And so as you were mentioning about as we move forward, you know, I I want to bring all of that and I am bringing all that into my real world. Like I don't want to spend time in vibrations that are not in alignment with me, exactly. not good or bad. Not, not I'm no. not saying that. It's just like, you know, there's so many amazing people in this world that I've met this year and discovered that, are on the similar path as me, are in alignment with me. And when I'm with them, my energy feels, whether it's online or not, whether it's in person or online, my energy feels expansive. And so that's now such a beautiful gift for me to take forward and to not get caught into a trap of like, I have to do this. I'm obligated. I got to show up. I just got to like go through the motions and realize what that's doing to my 
my actual physical body, my emotional draining. system. Absolutely. So draining. Yeah. Like, I mean, no wonder all day, every day, you're like trying to just regulate yourself. <laughs> the exhaustion I used to feel at nighttime from a day of just doing my regular, my regular life, you know, I'd come home and you just, you feel that exhaustion. And I'm not saying that I don't get tired at night with two kiddos at home and everything, but uh, it's a different type of, uh, I'm choosing my interactions. I'm, I'm, I'm being more authentic with what I'm looking for. Uh, I'm, I'm engaging with people that are being authentic in return. And I, I actually think it's just become, not that I'm not excited for the physical, but I'm excited for the physical that's going to exist alongside um, or inside of the relationships that I, I want to pursue mm-hmm. and the friendships and the business relationships and, you know, just even the vision of the application. I think it's all relevant that, uh, you know, we, are, we, we were pushed towards something that was maybe uncomfortable or something that needed to happen and to, to figure out how we interacted with it. It's happened. And now I, I just think it's, uh, it's completely changed the way that we interact with one another. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, it's so amazing. And I mean, I must admit, even having this conversation with you right now, it's just very um, relevant to me that, it from within my entrepreneur community, I've really gravitated toward people like yourself who are looking at all of the gifts that this year has had. And, you know, I really, I do know, and I do have compassion for the challenges, but I really mm. kind of encourage people to look at like, you know, is it really my challenge or is the media telling me I should be challenged? So I'm taking all of that suffering and pain on. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm curious about that. Let's just say, because no you know, I, I know a lot of people who this has been one of the best years of their lives and they've just chosen to, and that doesn't mean I've grieved for sure for what life was. I have had my emotional highs and lows. I've had fear come in, um, with, you know, some of the at the beginning, some of the pandemic stuff. And then as I went on more of the media censorship and other things that I started waking up to, like I've had fear and things that I've experienced, but I've processed through them. And by and large, I've stayed connected with myself and connected with the gifts that this whole experience has brought and what lies ahead for us all. That uh, it, it is pretty amazing that, you know, I don't remember the last time I actually turned on the news well, I can't really even nail the last time I turned on the news at all. But uh, the last yeah. time that I did, I don't remember being positive. And uh, I, I think that uh, we are constantly being bombarded by the fear and the doom and gloom and everything else. And there's no question. I'm right there with you at the beginning of this. We, you know, I was terrified. I, I went through the, I had to accept, uh, you know, that level of like the emotion that was tied with this, this fear and life not, you know, maybe ever getting back to what it was. Um, so I, you know, connected and, and accepted all of those different phases of, uh, 2020, but, and I, without question, I, you know, I, I can't even imagine, uh, folks that have lost loved ones. It's, it's a terrible, terrible thing, but you know, the only way to uh, come out of this stronger is to identify how we can, you know, be better as a, as a planet. And I think that's, uh, that's how I'm trying to look at it anyway. And yeah, the blessing yeah, the, bless- the blessings that have come out of it alongside all of the pain, uh, you know, I think the blessings are, are things that will be, we will now be aware of moving forward. We, we're going to be aware of maybe some of the bombardment that we had, some of the time that, and time is precious. I mean, it really is precious. It's the one thing that, you know, you, you don't have any more of, you can't make any more of it. You get a certain amount allotted and to not have uh, been selective with how we used it previously, I think it was a, a major lesson to, uh, to, have, have, uh, you know, to have happened from this year. So, but, uh, that's how I'm trying to look at it. 
Mm, me too. Yeah. So to circle back to something you mentioned at the start, you kind of started talking a little bit about your team, but I would love to hear a couple of things. One about how you and your team have galvanized around um, everything that's happened this year and also just generally your experience of building a team when you are so passionate about what you're bringing to the world. And I know like me, you believe in doing business. It's good for people and good for the planet. That's evident in everything we've discussed today. So, you know, what's your experience and how does that flow into your culture with your people when you're so clear on that kind of mission mission and vision and purpose and everything? Uh, uh, Out of the gates, uh, I appreciate you acknowledging my passion. I I know that uh, people listening can't see my smile right now, but I, I'm really excited about <laughs> They this. can hear it. They can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, uh, The way that I look at it is that every single morning I get to wake up and try and find a way for, uh, for people to treat each other better. And that, uh, for me, it, it is, uh, it's a beautiful way to wake up every day. And um, the way that I approached building the team out was, I mean, and I, we interviewed pretty hard and I, I, I went out and trying to try and find different perspective and, and I guess just opinions based on what we were doing. And I really tried not to work with folks that just seemed like yes people. Mm-hmm. I really wanted people that were challenging me to dig deeper into my beliefs and maybe not instantaneously uh, telling me that what I was doing was great. Not that I didn't want them to think it was a cool concept, but I really wanted a little bit of pushback. And I also wanted folks that were willing to entertain uh, equity positions in the company. Uh, I, I wanted to, and not even just an immediate, yes, we will do that. I wanted a little bit of pushback there where they didn't necessarily always uh, work out share for service agreements, but I'm a big believer in uh, <clears throat> owners. You typically do get uh, a pretty serious result out of folks that have some skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And the way that we built our, uh, our our share for service agreements is that I didn't ask them to commit up front. I asked them to commit after they completed their own work. So I, I built it on a, uh, I guess, a system of having them look back and, and figure out if the, the work that they did, they wanted to further invest in and take a portion of shares for services. And um, I guess it was really about the people. We, we were looking, obviously, the resume was important and, and you know, previous work experience work experience, not necessarily as much, but the types of, uh, of uh, projects that they had uh, completed was important. Um, and it, I really believe by living this, 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 I guess, this passion out, we were able to uh, draw, br- bring the right people to the table. I guess the universe just brought them uh, our direction. And uh, throughout, nothing has happened yet that wasn't supposed to happen. We have not had interactions that haven't been put in front of us at the right time in the right place. And I look at every single obstacle that we've faced or every single you know, decision point as a place where as a collective, we made decisions. We had, you know, every Friday, we used to have a team meeting and sometimes the, there was, you know, nine people on the conversation. It was a place where everybody could voice their thoughts, their beliefs and I can say with certainty, I had a great vision out of the gates, but where the application is today is a result of a team of people that have all had a chance to uh, put their, their passion and their vision into it. So it really is a collective, uh, a collective or a product out of a, a collective effort. And it's, uh, it's been amazing to see, you know, these people uh, come towards the project, but not only come and do the work that they were brought on to do, but then take it further than that. Mm. and uh, be as committed as uh, as we all are to the, I guess, the vision of just helping people 
And, you know, when, when I, when I first get to talk to folks, even in our, our first few conversations, uh, I'm glad that it stands out that the, like foundationally our application is built towards a better experience for human beings. And I mean, what, what greater, what greater mission did you have than that? Right. It's uh, it's just a nice place to be. And it, it's, it's, it's never a hard thing to go to work and try and figure out how to make things better. It's there's difficult decisions and there's obstacles and there's things that we have to overcome. But at the end of the day, the foundation being a better a human interaction, that's, that's enough uh, to go on forever until we figure mm-hmm. it out. Right? Oh, it's amazing. And I mean, it's testament to you as a leader that, you have built a team that are empowered enough to make the product better. Um, I think that's something that, you know, we all have to wrangle our egos as entrepreneurs and come to the, well, uh, in my experience, you know, a healthier place is to understand that the business is not us, that we are just playing a role in bringing that business to life. And our role happens to be leader, CEO, whatever it might be. And that's just as valuable as every other role in the organization that are kind of coming together. And I mean, in a way they're following us, but in another way they're following, they're wanting to be part of the business and the business, I always feel like it, it's sort of like I birthed it, like it came through me. Um, but it's not me. <laughs> it's, it's a whole own entity. It's its whole own thing. Absolutely. We, we might've, and as, as I mentioned, uh, even the original vision of the product is, is it has, it is its own entity. It is its own belief and it's, or it's, it's its own, um, where we've taken it from where it started is because we had people come in at the right times where they threw questions out that made us question our own path. So it's by no means, it is not me. It's just, it started, like you said, it came for me as a starting point. And then it's all of the influences that it, uh, that it's had along its way and it's become its own, its own personality. And it's a product of a group of people. And that's, uh, that's a beautiful thing too, because I mean, it's great if you have a vision and you can just execute the whole thing on your own, but what fun is that? The, the, the best part for me about building a team is getting to celebrate the victories alongside going through some of the hardships and the hardships have, you know, there's, there's obviously been some calls that haven't been, uh, haven't been a blast to have, but they had to happen. And we, we overcame those, uh, those challenges as a, as a unit. So. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, I mean, I think building teams for me, I feel like is actually my superpower. Like that's what I actually love. And I guess I'm in that line of work now as well. So I get to like help other people do that. It feels very fitting. I I didn't, I mean, I started my career in finance, spent 17 years in finance. I followed my dad's footsteps and all of that. And, you know, I was pretty, pretty good at that, I think. But I, I read something the other day that was, it posed the question, like, what are you 10 times better at than other, than anybody else? And I was like, building teams, like just straight up. I'm like, I know it. Like I just, um, and I don't say it with like, well, I'm sure there's a little arrogance and ego, but not really like really what it is. It's, it's my love for it. Like I absolutely love finding and attracting these people who are just as passionate about what we're building as I am. And then finding this way to work in perfect or not perfect, but working in alignment and harmony together and navigating the challenges that come because they do and navigating even the the challenges of navigating people out that aren't in alignment. Like you can do that with such grace and respect as well, just like dating. Like I think of so much of it is so similar to, to dating. Like everything I've learned about 
romantic relationships because I've done a lot of reading about that. Um, <laughs> I've been able to bring into my team and like even like love languages and all of that. I'm like, it's all, if we can bring relevant. all of that in, it's all relevant because it's all just managing relationships and managing the energy dynamic that we create together. Well, so you, 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 you nailed something again there where, you know, that some of the similarities that I see is where you get to help with the process and build a process that uh, creates a result and your result is a more efficient team. So you consistently get to watch uh, the, the fruit of the, uh, I guess, the, that labor, right? Or that, uh, yeah. that love of what you're doing and you get to see the impact that you have. And that's, we are certainly hoping that we can have similar impact to the, uh, the relationship side for humans and they're, you know, in their quest to find a partner. Well, I know you already are and I know you will. And I'm super excited to have met you at this point on your journey. Obviously, you know, you've been working on the app for some time, but it's still kind of in the early days. I think you're really at the precipice of what it's going to be, which is very much how I feel about remotely and what we're doing in remote work. And I'm just stoked to have met you and go on this journey. Like I think there's some real gifts um, to find other entrepreneurs as well who are on path, who you can go on a journey and support each other. And I can just feel your passion and enthusiasm is very much the same as mine and ultimately doing the same thing, caring about the same thing. I mean, I, I just believe in 2020, like you don't have to hate your job. You don't have to hate the company you work with. You don't have to hate the work that you do. There are there is just amazing opportunities everywhere in the world. And, and, and the same goes for entrepreneurs and founders and leaders. You don't have to hate your team. Like there are people that want to work <laughs> in the yeah. style that you work on the projects that you work on, you know, and they want to show up every day for you. And it's just about finding those people. And, you know, I love this podcast because I love having these conversations about how we can be more conscious humans, how we can interact in ways that are more respectful um, and create better outcomes. And, Absolutely. Whether it's leadership or relationships or whatever it might be, so absolutely, it uh, no question that uh, we, we've we've had an opportunity to, like you said, to connect in, in our chats. I, I feel your passion. I, I mean, I can I I can feel your passion, and uh, <laughs> it's been amazing to connect. So yeah, so good. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Ben. It was just a great conversation. Thank you for having me, sir. I really appreciate it. Thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Ben Shaw is a super passionate founder who, you know, would be an amazing person to work for. And I can feel that him and his team have created something just so expansive. It's wonderful to see. Love hearing his perspective on what he's building and what it's like to be in this kind of second wave evolution and definitely feel like that's what we're doing with Growmotely. I'm very excited for our platform to launch. It should be launching right around when this podcast goes live or maybe a little after. So if you're listening, hop on over to growmotely.com and check it out. We are all about helping people find incredible companies to work with and helping companies find incredible people who are culture matched, who are aligned, who are passionate and bringing that realness of connection and team community environment to a remote workplace and to a remote work culture. So we would love to have you if that's your jam. And I guess it is if you're listening to the show. So jump on over to growmotely.com and check it out.